So it's... F <coughs> so it's... F <coughs> so... <coughs> Holy shit. Good Lord, Nick. Get it together. So it's Friday, July 24th. Wow, I didn't realize how quickly the summer is going. And uh, today's been a kind of a weird morning, I guess, for my... How do I say this without sounding really fucking intense? I guess mental state, emotions. Not in a really aggressive way, but typically on Fridays... Fridays are actually one of my more relaxing days out of the week when it comes to work. My weekdays are usually very front-loaded. My weeks are front-loaded in terms of like the work that I have to do for the week is super front-loaded towards Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. By the time the end of Thursday rolls around, pretty much everything is already set for the weekend and I don't have to worry about much. But one thing that I do have to make sure is in line late Thursday into Friday morning is the thumbnail for our Fade the Public videos, the ones I do with Snacks and Animal. Up until probably three weeks ago, maybe a month ago, I have done 99% of the thumbnails that are on my channel. I don't know how many YouTube videos I've done so far, probably close to like the 700 or 800 mark at this point. And I've done every single thumbnail for it. I've gotten to the point where I can do them quickly. I have different like fonts and designs kind of saved so I can recycle things in a sense and, and make the process go quick. But it still takes some time for me to sit down and make sure the design is linked up correctly to actual content that's coming out, as well as like make it pop and make it something that people on YouTube like want to click on, right? So thumbnail, while it's not really like a big piece of work, it's, it's extremely, extremely important for a business like mine that runs through YouTube as its main marketing platform. So, as I mentioned, up until recently, I've been doing all the thumbnails. However, I have outsourced the thumbnail duties of Fade the Public to... I'm not even sure how this came... This is like the serendipity of life, man. This is how shit works. It's really odd. I believe through our Discord channel, Noah and Mike were looking for someone to make the design or the logo for Bunk Bed Breakdowns, our, our Wednesday video that we put out for Dynasty content. And we posted in the Discord, which has, you know, a few thousand people in it. We're like, yo, someone make a design for us and the best one we'll use as our thing and you'll win a free sweatshirt or some shit, whatever. And, you know, a lot of them were like super basic and they just went on a random design software and made it and sent it to us. And it was like, oh, that's cool. But like, not really something that popped, right? Something that we saw and we're like, yep, this is what they call it until one came across and it was like super well done. It was animated, it was like cartoon. And we were like, yep, this this is definitely it. So I loved it, but I didn't think much of whatever had gone past that, right? It was like, okay, we have the design. Now we can move forward. I didn't think we were looking for other people to do work. And then Noah was like, yeah, I have this kid doing something else for me design-wise. And I was like, yo, give me his email, give me his whatever. And I wanna reach out to him and see what he's up to, you know, like what he does for work. Is he interested in more stuff for our brand, right? And like, just, just see what he's up to overall. And I reached reached out and it was like a hotmail email. So I'm, I'm, I'm immediately assuming he's like 35, 40, 50, whatever, right? Who the fuck uses hotmail? And I talked to this kid, kid named Nick, elite name. Turns out this kid's 16 years old and the work he did looked professionally done. I was shocked. I was like really in awe of the, of the work he did. And I was like, yo, I absolutely, it, you know, when you're that age, it's not like you have a job and you definitely don't have any pathway to make that become, you know, if, if you're doing animations and graphics at that level at that age, you probably don't really have a lot of direction. So I figured like, listen, let me help you break into the industry, but like give you some actual professional experience. Like we can make this go both ways. We provide value to you in terms that you're getting access to our audience. You're getting leverage of your designs to having people see it, vice versa. We obviously get some work done. So I was like, yo, what do you think about taking over the thumbnails for Fade the Public on a weekly basis? And I promise this, this has a, this whole entire story has a point to it or at least a feeling I'm trying to get off my chest. He said, okay, and he's been doing them. And we film Fade the Public on Tuesdays. 
we release it on YouTube on Friday. So between Tuesday and Friday, the thumbnail needs to be done. Now, typically I would do it Thursday night because again, I have all this shit in place. It's not professionally done whatsoever, but it's like, it's a like good enough, right? So I'm just like, okay, I'll get it together within 20 minutes. So I wait till the last minute. However, this kid's work is, is time consuming and he has those days in between to get it done. However, we schedule our videos to go out at 5 a.m. in the morning. So we're not actually, we just queue them up, right? We usually have the videos done the day before. We queue them up so that they go live 5 a.m. I'm not really sure why the fuck we do it. I think originally I started doing it so people that were commuting could listen or watch on the way to work or whatever, and it just became a thing. Everyone knows 5 a.m. Eastern time every day. So when our videos go live. So that being said, like normal people tend to sleep prior to 5 a.m., right? They're sleeping by midnight. They're sleeping by 1 a.m. or whatever. This kid is 16, 17 years old. He's not on a normal sleep schedule like someone like myself, 27 years old. And I told him, I was like, listen, we need to get this done by like Thursday night so we can put it into the thumbnail or we can put it into YouTube to have as a thumbnail for when it goes live Friday morning. But I'm not awake at 5 a.m. I'm not awake at 4 a.m. for you to send it to me then and me to upload it manually, right? Like it needs to be during a normal time so either myself or Animal can actually physically upload the thumbnail. So I told the kid and I was like, it's gotta be in between before like 2 a.m. And the first couple of weeks rolled by and I had Animal stay up to do this because I wasn't staying up that late to get the thumbnail. And it's fucking Animal and Snacks a show so they can figure that shit out. But the point being, telling him two o'clock, it turned that into like 3.30 a.m. Right. And then I was like, listen, it's got to be in earlier than that. And that turned into like 2.30 a.m. And last week I was like, OK, listen, this is what we have to do. You have to get it in by midnight. You have to get it in by midnight because Animal has been staying up sometimes like 3.30 or 4 to get this thumbnail. I'm like, that's unreasonable. Right. So I told him last week we need to get it in by midnight the latest. This week rolls around. He emails it over to Animal at 2 a.m. And it's not like we technically need it by 2 a.m., but it's like, I don't want to torture Animal and have him continuing to wait up. So here's where this entire thing is kind of going. And this is not like pointed at Nick. Nick does awesome fucking work. I would really actually love for you guys to go follow him on Twitter. I will link it in the show notes of the podcast. His name is at Nick, N-I-C-K-O-N-T-Z, the number four. So Nick Kantz, that's his Twitter. Go follow him. And this episode is not to rip on him, but this episode is to get to a bigger point of the way I was feeling after this because today rolls around and I see that the thumbnail's up but I also see the text group was up until like 2 or 2 30 and that's when Animal received the thumbnail so I was like all right I have to have a, a tough conversation with this kid and part of you is just like you know I told you what we needed I told you when we needed it but the other part is also like eh, he's just a kid 16 years old and he's doing work for us for free. So like, how hard can I be on this kid? And it made me start to think of, despite how annoying I am on the internet, I'm not a, I don't know if controversial is the right word. I'm not a confrontational person unless I really need to be. You know, some people just do that shit because that's their way of getting attention. I'm not, that's just not what I am. I don't like having to have confrontational arguments or conversations for the sake of doing it. But as you're growing a business, as you're growing a team, I've quickly realized that, you know, when you started it, you did it out of passion. And I was strictly fucking creating fantasy football content and, and videotaping my life and, and making vlogs, right? Because that was just what I wanted to do. But as I wanted to expand, you start to realize that you have to focus on bigger things in the bigger picture and, and a vision of what this is. And you start to grow a team. And before you know it, you're managing people. You're not so much managing the day-to-day -day shit that you used to do 24-7. And it's been tough to one just I mean everyone's different everyone has different personalities everyone is influenced by different things and two outsourcing things is really tough especially when you started this 
on your own, whatever it is, like whatever you start on your own is like, it's your baby, right? So it's tough to give the great, like, you know, everything about it, you know, all the ins and outs, you know, what works, what doesn't work, etc. So when you give the reins off to somebody else, you're just like hesitant to do so because you think, hey, they might fuck it up, right? But it's your responsibility as a leader, I think, to understand who you're giving this work to and understand where you need to pull and where you need to push to get to the point where you want to be at with them, right? Like if you want work to be an 8.5 out of 10, then like you have to understand how to level that person up to an 8.5 out of 10. It's not their job. Like no one's going to care about your stuff as much as you do. Like that's just the plain facts about it. So I needed to, you know, reach out to Nick and, and say it in a way that was like criticizing, but at the same time, not break the kid's spirit. And I think a lot of, a lot of people, you know, there, there's, I think there's two ways that people can possibly get motivated. And it's like through encouraging their work and telling them, that you are actually thankful and appreciative. I think a lot of people leave their jobs because they don't feel like they're valued or they don't feel like they're actually making a difference in what you're doing. So I think you can either push them that way, tell them that they are contributing, tell them that you really appreciate their work and that they're doing a really good job. Or, you know, you can give tough love as I like to call it and straight up be like, this is just not, this is not good. You have to get better. But I think it's, it's a very fine line. And I think usually the former tends to be, for me, that's what's most natural to me. I like to pump people up before I put them down. I like to get the pants wet before I call an Uber. So I'm going to read you the message that I sent to Nick. Basically I said, Nick, few things and just constructive criticism. I'm not shitting on you by any means. First, thank you for doing the thumb again this week. Thumbnail might not seem like a lot, but I appreciate the work you're doing. And it actually helps me out a ton. And I said, first, right, this is where I need to be a little bit harsher because listen, if you continue to leave a flexible, especially when it comes to deadline, like things that you know are hard, it's tough to manage boundaries when you're doing something that's creative, right? Like I want to make sure that anyone I bring onto my team that's doing something creative, that they have the creative flexibility to do what they see fit. Otherwise, you know, if you're bringing someone on to create and you're not letting them create the way they see things, you you're in the wrong. I could tell you that. But when it comes to like the time deadlines, I had to be a little harsher with this because it's, it's either black or white. You're either doing it or you're not. So I said one, well, this is a little less criticism, but like I said, the design needs to be emailed to animal by midnight on Thursday at the latest. That's the deadline. This is not flexible. This will be the last time I bring it up. If you can't do that, then just let me know. There's a line in business, I believe. And, and in most things in life, like talent is not everything. There are things that trump that. And I think discipline, I think consistency, working hard, like your work ethic, are things that can more than make up for the talent side of things. So if this is someone I want to work with long term, especially someone who's 16 or 17, extremely moldable, I would like to instill those things into him first. They're extremely important when you're young. Otherwise, you start to rely on your talent. You start to rely on people hyping you up but you don't build the foundation of how you need to be working to prepare yourself to do it for a really long-term thing, right? And I, I assume that anybody who gets into a, an industry or does anything enjoyable that's creative, that's their creative outlet. Like they would love to be doing that in the long term. They would love to be doing that for life, but you need to also make sure that you've got the backbone for it and you've got the foundation that will allow you to continue to do it consistently over time. So I told him, I was like, dude, this is the hard deadline. Like this is not me telling you it so that you can do it two hours later. If you can't and you continue to kind of disobey what we're putting down there, I will look for somebody else. Again, like I value hard work and I value consistency over talent. And I value that because I've literally been doing this now for five years. And I see which side of that equation wins over the long term, 10 out of 10 times. People like to think it's talent, but it's only talent because you work really fucking hard in order to get that talented. Some people have great raw talent, 
But if they're not working hard, that will eventually fade away. And the people that are working really fucking hard will get just as talented as you and will continue to improve because they are dedicated to working hard at it. So I wanted to get the first deadline in there and be like, look, I'm not fucking around, right? This is not how I no normally talk to people, but I understand he's new. I understand he's young and he needs to understand where I'm coming from. So second one, I said, uh, the herd of goats mini image. He just created this little image. It was great. I absolutely loved it. But I do feel like the rest of the thumbnail fell short, to be honest. When I'm looking at it on YouTube, I can barely tell that it's Russell Wilson and JJ Watt on the cover. I like the first design you sent over. He sent over original design that was, was cool, but he switched it up probably a lack of communication from both sides because myself animal and him were talking kind of giving different ideas of how we see the thumbnail coming up and then i just mentioned a few other problems that i had with the thumbnail that he that he put up and said again i'm sorry for being blunt here but that's just what i thought about it when i saw it and at the end i said regardless i still love your work and i don't want you to take this stuff personally i just want to bring out the best from you in what you're doing and i think you know there's a right and a wrong way to go about this. And I'm still learning. And, and the actual point of this entire episode was to get to what I'm talking about right now is that I understand, you know, I've had tough conversations within work, but they're mostly good problems to have. It's like, okay, I want to pay you for your work because I know you're going to give me really good work. What's a fair negotiation? It's like either way, I'm paying for something really valuable. But this was more of like a negative tone com uh, confrontation. And that's not something I typically have with people within work and within my team. So this got me thinking, and I'm like, there are going to be a lot of tough conversations to have with people down the line on my team because as we I mean for a lot of reasons right like we've been doing this for a while now the people that work with me work very hard of course they're going to want to be compensated fairly and I completely understand that so those are conversations that are going to be needed to have from a few angles one of which I look at it volume is good in terms of content we're putting out but I think you get to a point where you've had a level of success due to the volume and then everything you put out has to be really well done production wise. And I don't mean like fancy cameras and stuff, but like whoever's in it needs to be talented and needs to be doing the work the right way and have it come out really, really well. So there are gonna be tough conversations to be had at certain points with certain people that maybe are not up to par. And I'm not like blasting anybody on my team right now because I think everyone's doing a fantastic job, but eventually you can't just expect a single platform like YouTube to continue to carry you up in success. Like eventually the best things rise to the top, the mediocre start to filter through the screen, right? Like one of my favorite quotes is, no matter how much coffee you pour into the cup, the cream always rises to the top. And that's very true. It could work for a while in an industry that's new. It could work for a while if you're the first one to market in different platforms, et cetera. But eventually the best and the hardest working people will get to the top. So I'll have to have tough money negotiation talks with people on my team. I will have to have talks with people that are just not up to par talent wise. I have no idea how the fuck I'm going to go into those conversations. I try to just be as transparent as possible and try to have as much as much empathy as I possibly can. I think the best thing in the world is just being able to see things from both sides, being both self-aware, but also aware of the situation around you, aware of how other people feel in the conversation. I think that's really, really important because as long as someone feels like they're being heard or you or they feel like you can understand what they're going through or how they see things, they will appreciate you on a much deeper level. There are people that really love having negotiations and they think they're good at it or whatever. I actually, despite how many negotiations I feel like I typically have on a weekly basis, which is a high number, I hate negotiating. I don't have negotiate. I feel like negotiating skills just kind of mean you're a fucking snake, to be honest. The way I go into negotiations is just complete transparency. I'm like, listen, this is what I want to make. This is what I think I'm worth. This is the problem I'm having, et cetera. Like I, I just lay it all on the line and I kind of let the other side 
pick and choose what they want to do. If they're like a devious person or a company, then yeah, they're going to come back with some bullshit. But I, I think I have a good meter on how to read that stuff. On the other side, it does make you extremely vulnerable. But I also think I think it brings out the best in the other person if they have good intentions as well. The best negotiations I've had with companies and people are ones where we could both be completely candid and completely open about the situation that we're in and then come to an agreement. And I think that's like most things in life, man, with like relationships, with work, with negotiations, being transparent is typically a very, very good thing. And that's what I try to do. So I never really know what the point of these podcasts are, to be honest. I just uh, start talking and don't stop until I feel like I've gotten everything off my chest. So I guess the, the key takeaway here is, you know, I had to have a tough conversation this morning. It might not seem like a big deal to you guys whatsoever, but it is something that's that happens on a day-to-day -day basis that does kind of rattle you a little bit and it makes you think a little bit deeper because all these small things eventually lead up to a bigger thing, right? If it's, if it's got something in your chest, in your stomach, that's, that's bringing a pit there, there's an underlying, I don't wanna say problem, but eventually something will come of that. I think if you can like be aware of it, acknowledge it, and then figure out how to kind of work through it and what works best, what doesn't work best, that will always be good for the long term. So I've had this, the, you know, the small hiccup today and I've, I've no problems with Nick whatsoever. I'm like, I didn't even expect him to put out something publishable for like six months. And this kid's been ripping out awesome fucking designs for a month already. Like we we're barely into it. And anything that is really good takes a really long time to get good at. And I think he's got all the potential in the world. So I will continue to try to mold him and teach him what I think is important from my experiences personally. And I'll take the experiences that I've had like from today and from previous negotiations. And when I'm going forward, I'll have to just see where, where those take me and, and I'll pivot eventually. But I don't think you can really learn things until you fuck them up the first time because we get complacent as, as humans and as people. And until something hits us that says like, oh, that's not right. What is that? That's different. That's unique. And since we are so used to being complacent, like those are the things that that stick out to you. So when you do new shit, that's what makes the biggest impact on you. When you fuck things up and your body says, oh, this isn't right. That is when you actually learn. You can't learn by being complacent, like muscle memory, right? You can't you can't keep growing the same muscle by doing the exact same thing. You need to do something that's completely different. Maybe it's wrong. Maybe it's just a different angle. Whatever it is, it tells your body, oh, that's something new. Like, I got to remember that. I got to learn that. So that's the way I look at a lot of things. That's, that's the way I look at pretty much everything. I guess <sighs> that's all we got for y'all today. This was a longer episode, but there was a lot on my mind, I guess. And it's been a minute since I dropped an episode. The only thing I, I would really, really appreciate is if y'all left a review on the podcast, you know, if you enjoyed, if you found this, I found a lot of people think my voice is, is soothing, which is kind of weird. Cause I feel like, I mean, everyone hates their voice, but I edit myself, my voice and videos of myself for like five hours a day. So you get so annoyed of, of your voice. I think it's the worst, but apparently people like it. Y'all can leave that as a review. Just be like, I love Nick's sexy ass voice. Leave whatever review you want, but a five-star rating and review does help the podcast tremendously. I will never try to sell y'all on anything on this podcast, but I would like more people to hear it, see it, hopefully relate to it. And the only way you could do that is by leaving a review. I love y'all until next time.